Hey girl, hey. Hey mama. Hey, hey lady. You are tuned into the Scenes from a Single Mom podcast. We don't grow alone, and this podcast ensures that you don't have to. Grab your journal and a drink and join us. Welcome back for another episode of the Scenes from a Single Mom podcast. I am your co-host, Tiffany Huffstruthers, and I'm super excited about this week's co-host, the amazing Linnea Adamson. If you've been here for a while, you know that I believe we do the best at introducing ourselves. So Linnea, please tell the people who you are beyond the bio. Oh, and don't be modest. Mm-mm. That's sometimes hard. Um, so my name is Linnea Adamson. Um, I have a business called Linnea Speaks. Uh, what's dear to my heart is speaking, speaking about mental health, speaking about um, maternal and infant mortality, speaking about all the things that um, that women go through that we don't always like to freely talk about. I like to talk about them. Um, so I have a master's in social work. I have a master's in public health, and I'm also a certified doula. Um, so I kind of have my hands in a lot of areas regarding maternal health. Um, that is where my heart is, and I'm just looking forward to what 2021 has to offer and um, how I can serve black women. That's really what's dear to my heart. So Amen. thank you. And Linnea uh, served, serves black women as an author of Scenes from a Single Mom, Volume 2, which came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And her story is called I'm a Mother Too. Linnea, tell us why you chose that title for your story. Mm. Hmm, why did I choose that title? Um, I chose that title because it kept coming up in the chapter. Um, the theme of why wouldn't I feel this way? So let me first go back to my chapter in Scenes from a Single Mother. I do not have any children with me. Um, I have experienced uh, miscarriages and I would say um, my there were three and the second one I actually had to birth my child um, at eight, 18 weeks pregnant um, and so I think that sometimes we talk about people or moms who are pregnant and miscarry as if they never were mothers we don't celebrate them. And I wanted to kind of change the narrative regarding that because as soon as I saw the double lines on the pregnancy test, I went into mother mode. Like I prayed for my baby. I um, talked to my baby. You automatically have, or some people, I had symptoms right away. I always knew that I was pregnant um, because I would become dizzy. Just I would change immediately. And so at that moment, I became a mother. And so even though I don't have my children to raise, um, I still feel that those are my children. And I also believe that my children are just in heaven. I don't have them. God is taking care of them. But it doesn't um, alleviate the fact that I was pregnant and that those are my babies. And so I just wanted to change the narrative. And that's kind of where the title I'm a mother to came from because I wanted to acknowledge me and acknowledge those women as well. I'm so grateful. I was really grateful for, for 
you know, being able to go through the process of writing and sharing your story when you did and the way you did. Um, and I, I want to shift the conversation a little bit because you are, um, I would say a maternal health expert. And in my experience in our community, miscarriage was not something that was talked about a lot. Stillborn babies was not something that was talked about a lot. And I'll be honest, up until very recently for me, I didn't even realize that infertility was a challenge for black women because when I was growing up, there were more people trying not to get pregnant right. or more people trying to figure out what to do when they did mm -hmm. become pregnant. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully this isn't triggering for anybody, but I know some people who were relieved mm -hmm. to have a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so now on the other side of it, in my more mature years, mm -hmm. <laughs> learning that, it's not as easy for everyone to become a mother, right? Mm -hmm. And there are challenges associated with it. So I, I, I want to talk a little bit about those challenges because you're right. You are a mother too. And it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be excluded from the title mother. But I think it goes back to our upbringing mm -hmm. and the way we collectively think about pregnancy and motherhood and ultimately in many cases take it for granted mm -hmm. yeah you mentioned so many things that are running through my mind um you know when we talk about just some of us growing up in the black community um we were worried about not getting pregnant you know teen pregnancy I know where I'm from that was you know occurring um so I'm looking around and and it's like oh my gosh like you know um that person's pregnant what are they gonna do and then as you get older, as a black woman, um, in your 20s, it's like, oh, when, you, when are you going to find that man? When are you going to get married? And then the next step is, um, where are those babies? And even if you're not married, when, you, when are you going to have some babies are the questions that you have. And we never really think about those women um, that are having issues getting pregnant. Um, and then also at 36 years old, just turned 37, Lord help me. Um, you just had a birthday too. Quite the blessing. Yes. I'm yes. 40 plus one. Yes. So, um, now I, I just now had the conversation with my mother about freezing eggs. Wow. That's not even something that ever entered my mind or occurred to me to do at, in my late twenties not being married and saying, you know what? These are when my eggs are optimal. I should freeze them in case I want to have babies later on in my life. And now I'm later on in my life. No one ever asked me about that. Mm -hmm. No one ever, no one ever assumes, you know, and going a little bit deeper, you know, thinking that we're as black girls or black young women that we're fast and that we're just um, very fertile. That is the, that is the assumption. And so to look at, at us and say like, no, I'm, I'm having trouble. I don't have a, I don't have trouble. As soon as a man touched me, I'm pregnant, but I don't have trouble getting pregnant. I have trouble staying pregnant. We don't think about those aspects because we always see it from a different lens of it's so easy for black women to have all these babies. But what about the other, um, the, the other women that is, that's not, and I feel like they're getting lost 
I feel like they don't have a voice. And that is kind of also what I wanted to do as well for those women to not feel ashamed. It's not their fault. There's nothing that they did wrong. Um, and it's okay. Let's have a conversation about infertility, right. miscarriage, stillbirth. Um, let's have a conversation about it without the shame being attached to it. And, and so I know this is a loaded question, um, but what are some of the reasons that, you know, in your work or in your experience that women either struggle to get pregnant or um, stay pregnant? That we that we might be able to do something about. Mm -hmm. I think some women have um, irregular periods. Um, Menstrual cycles um, are not regular. Uh, So it's hard for them to get pregnant based on that. Um, Some women, their their um, weight is high and they might be in like the morbid obesity obesity range. But, you know, if you're. If you're 150 pounds, they probably say you're obese. But, you know, um, those things do take a toll on um, your your fertility. And then also, um, you know, just different things that are going on with the body, um, high blood pressure, just different other health risks could have an effect on, you know, I'm not an expert in, you know, being fertile or anything like that. Right. Those are some of the things that we see. And then for me, on the other hand, as far as someone who can can get pregnant, um, staying pregnant, it could be at um, your cervix could be where it's more likely to open up. And um, in my case, my water broke um, with my second pregnancy. Um, Sometimes. I know that the next time I get pregnant on purpose, I'm going to have to um, have like regular shots of something to help me to, to stay pregnant, like of a mm. hormone. And so um, a, sometimes women are fearful of the medical community or, or going to the doctor or going to, um, to see their doctor to do preventative care and don't know that they have options. And so they're having miscarriage after miscarriage and don't know why when there's tests that they can, you know, do to find out kind of like what might be the reason. Mm. And then what's hardest to swallow is when there is no reason. And I don't have an answer for my miscarriages yet. Um, Again, when I, my, my pregnancies were surprises. Um, when I purposefully plan a pregnancy, I will get testing done. And right. hopefully we might find something. But a lot of the times in the literature and the research, there is no reason. The, the fetus, um, there's just like, oh, your body and the fetus, it, it just, they didn't mesh well. The fetus, there might have been something wrong later on. And it's just an incomplete pregnancy. Um, so there's many reasons, but I think the hardest to swallow is when there is no definitive reason and no one can give you answers. So how would you say we, um, as black women and mothers can support other women and mothers who don't have children for reasons we personally don't know, right? Or who have or are struggling with 
fertility and um, seeing a pregnancy to full term? Like, how can we be supportive of women who are having those challenges? Mm -hmm. I think what comes to mind first is that when we as girlfriends get together, a lot of women, you know, of my age or even younger are talking about their kids, talking about events, how's your kids doing, what's going on with them. And then, you know, the women that do not have kids um, are kind of left out of the conversation. Um, and so bringing, bringing different topics into the conversation um, and then also like, you know, how, how are things going? Are you, would you like to have children? Like what's, what's going on there? And kind of like for the women that are single or for the women that don't have children, kind of broadening the topics of conversation when um, people get together. And then for those closer relationships, like those one-on-one -on -one conversations, um, I think just asking the question, like, how are things going? Um, would you like to have children? Have you gone to the doctor about it? Like just having the conversation. I think it's, it's always the key. Um, I, I, what I hear you saying though, is to really reimagine the conversation. And that starts with the question you're asking. So as opposed to why don't you have kids or when you want to have a baby or, you know, fill in the blank, those questions can be intrusive and hurtful for someone who is either potentially pregnant and just hasn't said anything because an, a miscarriage is still an option or somebody who's trying and just hasn't gotten pregnant. So um, I definitely like that you gave those other ways to ask the question mm -hmm. that wouldn't be, um, you know, offensive mm -hmm. to like, someone who's struggling. Yeah. Like, are you interested in having a baby? Are you interested in having a family? Like, how are you feeling? You know, just in this moment, I think opens up the door for someone to share like, well, yeah, I have been pregnant before, or, you know, I would like to have children and a family and it's just been harder than I expected, et cetera. Um, but what about when it's the flip side? So when you're with your girlfriends and they know you've had miscarriages or they know you've been trying and you don't want them to be like, Oh, don't talk about the babies. Cause Nay is here mm -hmm. or don't, don't say that, you know, cause you don't want it to be awkward, but you do want to be respectful of people's feelings. Like what, what, what should we as your sisters and your girlfriends be mindful of in those situations? Hmm. You know, I, I, and I'm asking because I don't think we have these kind of conversations. And too often, because we're unaware, we're insensitive. Mm -hmm. And it leads to, you know, situations and entanglements mm -hmm. yeah. and difficult conversations that could potentially be avoided. Yeah. And I think it's important because, you know, you and I both have the experience that we didn't have these conversations, mm. you know? And that's why I knew your story was so important to tell because it was fresh perspective for me. Mm. Um, and I knew it would be fresh perspective for other people. And also that there would be so many moms who could relate. Right. And, and it's hard to know. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Like how many of your friends or even family members didn't know your experience until after the book came out? Hmm. You know, 
it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard. Um, I'm not the most private person, but I'm a pretty private person. I don't just air everything out on social media. So friends and family that are not close to me may have known about like one pregnancy loss, but not three. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was the big, like people didn't know that. Um, But back to your first question of just what do you say, you know, to someone? And I think that we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and that it, it doesn't have to be an uncomfortable conversation. Just have the conversation, open up the, the door. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe if it's fresh for me, having the conversation before the group, you know, mm-hmm. um, more intimately. Yeah. To say like, Hey, like, how are you feeling? You know, I know a lot of us are going to get together later to go out to eat. Like, are there certain things that we shouldn't talk about? Just ask. Right. You know what I mean? Ask that person, like, how are they feeling in this moment? And then if it's not as fresh for some, you know, later on, depending on, because we're all different. Right. Depending on that person, they may be like, you know what? I'm fine. You know, just this particular thing is a trigger for me, but this isn't. Talking about it isn't a trigger, but seeing pictures of babies or watching certain things on television, those are triggers for me. And so just asking that particular person what their triggers are and what kind of, you know, makes them sad or upset, I think is the key. Um, But it's when we don't ask, when we don't say anything and we act like the elephant is not in the room, we act like we're just not even going to broach the subject or talk about it. I think that's when it gets hurtful and awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. So, so, really being intentional about creating a safe space Mm -hmm. for all of our friends, Mm -hmm. you know, or family, even in the midst of it, like, Hey, like, are you okay? Right. Let's go to the bathroom together and then check in with that person. Like, Hey, how are you feeling? And I think that's with anything, you know, we're all going through a lot of things. And I think, you know, just checking in with people is just a good, you know, habit. Yeah, I agree. I just, you know, I feel like this is this is such a taboo topic mm. that even common sense when it comes to yeah. it is not so common. Yeah. And I want to I want to break that mm-hmm. break that cycle and you know there are probably people who aren't comfortable with saying, well what am I supposed to say? So they mm-hmm. just act like there's nothing going on and then mm-hmm. it does become awkward and we don't want that to be to be the case. Mm -hmm. So now on the other side of it, and now that you've come to a place where you are embracing the fact that yes, I am a mother, Mm -hmm. my babies just aren't here, but Mm -hmm. I am a mother. You know, how would you encourage another woman who's had the experience and doesn't feel like a mom and who may be struggling with the reality that she may never physically become a mom? How would you encourage her? And how do you, I guess I should say, how do you encourage yourself? Right. I'm like, I'm in a place of encouraging myself right now. Yes. Um, Cause like I said, I just turned 37 and it is the reality. Like this may never happen for me. I just want to drop this in right here that Holly Berry had a baby at 49. Ooh. So there's that. Ooh, did you? Yeah. So, I mean, you 37, that's 12 more. You that's know, 12 more years. Not, you just don't know what God I got in store. I don't want to be a senior However, citizen mom. However, listen, you see, <laughs> listen. 
God's timing is always perfect. But I'm but again, as how are you encouraging yourself yeah. with the possibility that you may not birth and raise a child? Yes. And see, this is why we have the tissues here. We was doing so good. Because I know Tiffany. Um, so you know, at this point in my life, my pregnancies, now we're going deep came out of, I believe, occurred because I was rushing the process. Mm. And I was rushing God's timing. Mm. And that is how that happened because I was in situations and situationships that I should have never been in. So, (laughs) as she sips her proverbial tea. Um, so now that I'm in a place of surrender and this is coming from someone who believes in God and he is my father and my Lord, um, I'm in a place of surrender and, um, release of his timing. And so a week before I turned 37, I had a hard a hard time because I'm not in a, I wasn't, and this is just me being like, I, if you don't know anything about me, I just keep it real because I feel like not enough people do. And that's just how I am. But I feel like, um, I had a hard time because I had to admit to myself, like, yes, I desire to be content in all things and surrender all but it hurts to see other people in relationships and see other people getting married and see other people having children or having children or whatever that their desire was because it is is a desire of my heart. Yes. And so it was a hard pill to swallow like Lene, you're turning 37 and these things are not present. But guess what? Feel your feelings. Feel the emotions but you are still going to wait on God. And that is kind of what encourages me. What encourages me and myself is saying, Lord, you got it. Cause I don't want it. If it's not you. Right. I've been, you know what I mean? I've hurt myself. Baby. (laughs) I don't want to live that life no more. It hurts. You know what I mean? I hurt myself. And so I think encouraging myself to know that God is sovereign. He has my best interest in mind. He loves me and it is in his timing. And I, I just believe that having that core belief, I think is what um, encourages me. And I think for to encourage somebody else, um, you know, get what you need to get to be mentally healthy and to not feel depression and not, you know, just fall into that, um, that rut of whatever happened to you. Um, or if you're not able to, you know, get pregnant or, or have a baby or you're not in the place that you are like, I'm a proponent. I'm, I'm a person who's like, go get therapy, go talk to someone. If you need a therapist, if you need a psychologist, if you need a psychiatrist, if you need a coach, Mm -hmm. you need a health coach. Mm -hmm. If you need to go to the doctor and get you some medication, do whatever it needs, whatever you need to do to help yourself. Yes. And if that is telling a friend, I am sad that I am not a mother yet. I am sad that I'm not in a relationship. 
and then just releasing that. Allow yourself to feel that, but don't stay there. Yes. Um, I, that's just the real of the situation because I'm not, you know, I desire to be content, but there are still things that, um, that are my heart's desire. And so you just have to put it for me, put it in, I put it in God's hands. I, I agree 100%. And knowing that you, you have to do what you know is doing your part, right? So take care of yourself in the mm-hmm. interim, you know, get up and get dressed and show up as your best self and do the things that you know might contribute to whatever God has in store for you down the line. Right. Mm-hmm. And be optimistic and don't let what hasn't happened consume you. Right. It's possible until it's not possible. And I believe that it's not possible anymore once you leave this earth. So it's possible mm-hmm. as long as you're here, whatever it is for you, right? whether it's having a baby or mm-hmm. getting married or, whatever else it is that your heart desires. I wholeheartedly believe it's possible until it's not possible. So, and I think also, uh, doing controlling the things that you can control. Yes. There's so it's not in my control right now that I'm not in a relationship and that I'm not, um, you know, pregnant or I don't have my children. Those things are not in my control. So I can't focus on those things. So what I can focus on is following up on what you were saying is what I can do is when the time comes, I can lose some weight. I can get healthy. Right. You know what I mean? And so those are the things that I'm kind of working on now is, okay, when the time comes, when my man comes. I'll be ready. Right. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like we don't have to waste no time. (laughs) You know what I mean? My body will be in the place that it needs to be in order to do my part in having a healthy pregnancy. If you know, cause that does help, you know, making sure I'm taking my vitamins, making sure I'm getting, you know, my folic acid. Those are things, those are important things that you need to do. If you are in a pregnancy, um, you know, or or you're that age of having a baby. And then also working on my, my finances, working on my budget, being in a place that I need to be. And if I desire to be married, how can I work on myself to be Mm -hmm. my best self? Focusing on that takes the, the focus off of the things that I don't have. Right. Is focusing on what can I do in this moment and how can I propel forward to be my best self when all these other things are added, when all these other things come. That's right. Well, I'm so grateful that we had the opportunity to have this conversation and that you, you know, I'm even more grateful that you were willing to share your story um, because I know that I needed it. I know you needed to get it mm-hmm. out, but I, I also know there are so many other women mm-hmm. who needed to know that they aren't alone, mm-hmm. that they are mothers and that, you know, it's still possible mm-hmm. until it's not possible. Until so thank you possible. so, so much for sharing yes. and please let the people know where they can find you and Linnea speaks in the internet streets. That's it. Linnea speaks at Linnea speaks.com. I'm on social media at Linnea speaks. <laughs> L-A-N-N-E-A, for those that don't know how to spell it. And all, all of the information will be in the show notes. Yes. So, awesome. yes. So, all yeah. over the internet streets, Linnea Speaks. Linnea Speaks. And today, Linnea has spoken. Ooh. Thank you so very much for You're being welcome. here. And um, we always end with this truth. We don't grow alone, and this podcast ensures you don't have to. So please share it with someone else so that she does not have to grow alone either. And we will see you next week. Bye.
Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of the Scenes from a Single Mom podcast. If you were blessed by this episode, please take a moment or two and leave us a review because when you do, you create an opportunity for another mom to find us and get the tips, tools, and tea that we share here as you grow through on your motherhood journey. And if you're not already, be sure to head over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at When She Thrives so that you are aware of all the greatness that is going on with When She Thrives out here in these streets. And last but certainly not least, grab your copies of Scenes from a Single Mom, Volumes 1 and 2, and of course, 3 and 4 are coming soon. Thank you again for listening, and we will chat with you next week.